Hello, welcome to Not My Monkeys podcast. I'm Ruby. And I'm Rosie. We're the podcast that usually brings you the circus news, reviews and interviews. So today is a bonus episode. Due to the current circumstances, we've been unable to meet up with each other or anyone else to record. So this will be a pre-recorded interview that we've done in the past with someone interesting from the world of circus. It's short and sweet. It's just a little episode to tide you over until the next one. So thanks for tuning in. Please sit back, relax and enjoy the interview. Hello and welcome to the second bonus episode. In this episode, we spoke to Jolie Vianne, who are an acrobatic dance circus company, and we spoke to them about their show, Anima. The name of the show, Anima, means breath, life and soul in Latin, and the show focuses a lot on breathing and how the use of breath can affect the physicality and the emotion of a piece. They also have a live musician on stage called Nal Masuda. She plays loads of different instruments to accompany the action. We spoke to them at the London International Mime Festival in January. Here's what they had to say. So, we're here at the London Mime Festival. We're in a cafe on South Bank. Uh, we're here with Jan and Olivia, directors and performers from acrobatic dance company Jolly Pian. So, thanks for talking to us today. So, you're here with your show Anima, uh, which is Latin for breath, life and soul. Um, so, breath features really heavily in the show. And um, Why did you decide that that was going to be the focus? Breath? Yes. Um, well... So it started off as um, a really intriguing subject for me personally um, because I did a Wim Hof workshop which um, is a workshop about breath and cold training. Um, Wim Hof is quite a fascinating man, he's Dutch um, and he can control his autoimmune system through breathing exercises and cold training. Um, and I was having difficulties with quite a low immunity and getting sick quite a lot of the time so I got interested in him and his workshops um, and I went along to this workshop and learnt the breathing techniques and sat in an ice bath and did all this crazy stuff and um, I just loved it, I thought it was okay. amazing, it was very um, invigorating and also uh, really helped with my immunity um, and then I got sort of so excited by it that I started um, swimming in the sea in the winter time um, and I was explaining it all to Jan and then he started doing it as well. We've also got lots of our friends into it who are all like really keen and it's you said sort of, um, cold training, what's that mean? So having cold showers every day and building up your um, resistance to cold because I was always, I'm quite small and I was always cold all the time um, and it was like a real fear for me being cold so um, I just thought, well actually Jan had been telling me for years I should take cold showers and I was like, yeah right <laughs> and then uh, I did this workshop and they do it progressively so you start with the sort of hot showers and then you have a little bit of cold but you do the breathing training first and so it's easier to cope with the cold so um, it's helped me with the cold a lot and um, also affected um, sort of performance wise um, we, we then took that 
idea of breath and we were interested in how um, the breath changes the body physiologically and how the body also changes the breath. Um, and there were two levels really, a, physio a physiological level and an emotional level. So um, in Anima we play lots with how our emotions affect our breath and vice versa and also how the physicality of the show affects the breath and vice versa. So that's how the subject came into play. Right. And is it difficult? Because you do very high level acrobatics while also doing things like holding breath or hyperventilating. So how does that affect the training? It's quite hard. We didn't expect it to be so difficult. I think as a performer you always learn a certain way to breathe and to really like know what you have, can do with your breath and when you start to change your breathing pattern things get a lot harder very fast and um, we were first discovering things just like for example we used to the idea of like what happens if we really like run into each other and just like you know push air out of somebody else or like how does it stop somebody else from breathing and often this part is actually the hardest part in the shows because we're used to the acrobatics if you can breathe normally it's fine but if somebody tries to prevent you from breathing while you have to do things it's actually a lot more difficult at the beginning um I got quite a lot of sort of head rush and dizzy spells because I do sort of blowing up balloons whilst in handstand and things like that. And that, I mean, it looks quite simple when I do it, but actually it's really difficult. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and it's sort of the exit after that, that at the beginning of the, when we first made the show, I was getting quite a lot of head rush. But I'm used to it now. It's amazing. The body adapts, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. so there's one part where we used to be try to play instruments, or we're playing instruments, and we never realized actually how difficult it is and how much you have certain breath restrictions when you do acrobatic figures and what happens to your breath actually when you then try to like relax part of the body again to play an instrument which requires a different sort of breathing it gets very complicated so multitasking wise it's quite difficult to play around with breath so it was a really interesting curve for us there was a lot of like things to develop and a lot of things to like discover which were good but it wasn't always the easiest process <laughs> Yeah, so you mentioned um, the playing the instruments and you also had um, Nao Masuda on stage with you during the show. And so what made you decide to have live music as part of the production? We played with Now before in a company called Amiki Dance Theatre, which is an amazing company, which I can only just like really happily um, promote. promote yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she used to play the live music for this piece and she plays taiko drums and piano and um, a lot of different instruments and we always loved the sound and that we had like you know a female taiko drummer which is quite rare she's originally from Japan which has been living here for quite a while so we always loved the sound and we thought actually for anima that sound is actually the sound we want something more ritualistic animalistic, quite like earthy, so we really like the idea of the drums and then we love as well the stuff she normally does. So when she composed she did a lot of like research into like um, did she redo and other things breast related so she plays melodica on stage and she has other instruments she uses. So it was all about like breast. <laughs> and how does having the live music affect the way you perform? It, well massively actually it's um it is great, we love it because it gives you that extra burst of energy and um, also now is um, a character in the show so it's a trio as opposed to an acrobatic duet and a musician um, so she's like a you know, major character as well so it's lovely having um, that interaction um, and also having um, 
that extra energy, especially um, when we're doing some of the things with the breath and our breath is restricted um, or things might be heavier for us or harder for us on stage, having that, the taiko drums playing live is just wonderful. <laughs> As well, it's interesting because we both, so the show is set, but we both, the show is never the same. Of the, way we choreographed it, a lot of it is, is always different because the movement is not controlled in itself, it's often very much like linked to breath or to like uncontrolled movement and so we often play with each other, she never plays the same things and we never do the same thing so we often okay. like have a moment of um, improvisation in the there's, show. There's sort of a level of flexibility yeah. and so she plays with us and she's actually, um, she didn't learn music technically so she doesn't read music she does her music through feel um, so she, an emotional engagement so um, that's why it's such a an, sort of an amazing um, experience to have that level of emotional engagement with music as opposed to being always on the counts or in the right place she basically plays with us emotionally um, so you're both the directors um, and the performers uh, in the show and your others. How does that work in your rehearsals? Do you bring outside eyes in? Well, for this one, for this one we, we didn't. We really. didn't. We asked um, Angus McKechnie, who does outdoor arts you can, you used to do watch the space, to come in and give us this feedback. And it was really helpful for us sometimes. But in most times we had a camera, we filmed most of the sections, looked it over, and then decided what we liked and what we didn't like. And some of the sections were quite difficult to choreograph. There's one section we basically, we call it Lifeline, and it's basically do it where we are, just attached by the mouse. And because we can't see a thing when we do it, we really see just like the face of the other person in front of us. And uh, because we breathe through each other's mouth, it's really hard to say what actually is happening. So that was actually really difficult to choreograph because of the closeness of us, our bodies. We could actually not see how the things would look and often they feel completely different. Um, so Olivia, you came from an artistic gymnastics background and then into dance and Jan, um, you did martial arts and were a stunt performer. Um, so how do those backgrounds feed into your circus practice? <laughs> well, start? yeah, go for it. Um, quite heavily. So martial arts was the first time, for example, I was really thinking about breathing. So martial arts has a lot to do with breath. So anima is like a, a step backwards again to like this times when I used to do lots of martial arts. And performance-wise as well, I came to dance quite late. So when I met Olivia, I had danced before but not to the same level. But martial arts is like a form of dance to me, so often like my ideas about choreography are quite inspired by the idea of like martial arts, or when we, when we do contact together, there's a lot of things I can rediscover again from martial arts, which I find quite interesting. Um, being a stuntman is just a very different world. It's the same as being a circus artist and doing what we do. As a stuntman, I just had to like sit around on set for quite a long time and then like, you know, be doing my thing for like five, ten minutes or depending sometimes it was longer, but it's often quite short bits that you do. Um, same as in circus, I used to work a lot in uh, German cabarets, you go on stage, you do a five minute act and you go out again, which is very different to like playing a show which is an hour long, which is like much more physical than like having a five minute act. So I think martial arts is something which has influenced my artistic vision quite heavily over all the time. So I still love it very much. I just have not enough time to like do so much martial arts anymore. I kind of like try to like calm it down and do more like stuff like Tai Chi now or like <laughs> softer things that are not so heavy on impact anymore.
And um, yeah, I mean, I, I did competition in artistic gymnastics. Um, and then I thought, I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> I, wanna, I want to dance and I went to dance school and um, sort of, yeah, it was a sort of a shift for me. Um, and then really I was just focused on contemporary dance and um, I did quite a lot of athletic contemporary dance um, but I did a mixture of stuff um, working for various choreographers and various companies and then um, I decided that I wanted something new and to um, Actually, at the beginning, I didn't necessarily want to create my own company. I, I just wanted to use my, my skills. And within the dance, I was always sort of trying to get away from gymnastics. But in dance, everyone kept saying to me, oh, you can do this, you know, can you just do a few backflips here? Or do a few? And so I ended up sort of keeping it, even though I was desperately trying to get rid of it. <laughs> um, and then, um, yeah, it just sort of stayed with me, really. And then when I met Jan... Um, he said, oh, why don't we try some hand-to-hand? Because -hand? I hadn't done hand-to-hand -hand before I met Jan. Um, and I thought, oh, well, that'd be fun. And we were on tour, we met on tour, and we met in Spain, <laughs> and we were sort of just playing around. Um, and then we started to, like, overlap everything. So his martial arts and my dance, and I did a lot of contact dance as well. Um, so we sort of mixed that all together. Um, and then Jan taught me handstands, and we sort of mashed it all together, really. Um, and then it became, yeah, our thing, like circus dance um, style. But, um, you know, originally I was a bit like, no, I don't want to do any I don't want to do gymnastics again I was really trying to but then it just became it sort of evolved quite organically um, and now it's it's our thing <laughs> but mixed with the dance you know yeah I'm not interested in just doing pure technique or that's why our shows are very much based on the story or the emotion or the, the movement as well as and the tricks are something that should highlight that emotional experience or that story as opposed to just being a trick. <laughs> Thanks very much for speaking to us today. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome. And good luck with the shows. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you enjoyed today's bonus episode of Jan and Olivia. Um, please do check them out on Facebook and Instagram at JollyVian. You spell that J-O-L-I-V-Y-A-N-N. And you can look them up on their website, which is jolly-vian.com. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed what you heard, uh, please do give us a like and a follow on Facebook and Instagram at Not My Monkeys Podcast to find out what we're up to. You can also support us on Patreon at Not My Monkeys Podcast. And any support that you can give is really, really appreciated. Um, either way, do get in touch with us. Um, let us know what you think. We love to hear your opinions and what you might like to hear in future episodes. Um, you can do that on social media or you can send us an email at notmymonkeyspodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>